Warning, if you are faint of heart or easily offended, this show is not for you. Hey, uh, we've got Billy on the show. And now that I'm uh, part owner of Hustler Casino Live, he can finally listen to some of my recommendations for improving the show. <laughs> Valerie, you're not an owner of Hustler Casino Live. What in the fuck? Welcome to the Nick Fertucci Show. I am Nick Fertucci. We are here with Billy Degaff and Valerie Brill. Let's go. Billy, what's happening? Look at this. We got the legend, the the poker crusher in our studio. The best it's, show on Hustler Casino Live. My, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I thought you had a bunch of new ideas for the show. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we'll talk about them after. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, that's great. I do, uh, I've had a lot of fun with that project of taking the, the crusty 1020 game and turning it into something people actually want to see every week. Hey, literally, it's one of our, it's if not the most popular show as far as viewership and interest and, and no bullshit, you've done a, done a great job with it. Thank you. Yeah. And yeah. it is the most fun. The gambling I've seen, it's just absolutely bananas sometimes, which is, you know, what a lot of us like about poker. For sure. I think the Tuesday game rivals the Monday game with regard to gambling, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I love the diversity on the Monday show yeah. that there's actually women on there and... and uh, oh, wow. You're speaking her language. Other so, industries. Ooh. Speaking of that, so like, what is the premise of the show for people who are just starting to discover Hustler Casino Live? The premise of the show... So there were five different games, as you know, on Hustler Casino Live, and the smallest game was a 10-20 no limit game and it sometimes was a real snooze fest. And Ryan kind of came to me and said, do you want to play on this game and kind of like build it up? And that's Ryan Feldman I'm talking about. And I said, sure. And then I just started getting creative. I realized the, the metric that matters most is views. And I just started thinking who will bring views. And when I started commentating, I knew that when po Poker Bunny was there, we got a bunch more views. And so I knew women were important attractive young women were important and that's what that's my starting point was to have women on the show to bring views that way and to, to give women a good platform um for, for their organizations like uh, poker power or whatever it is so that was the that was the first thought and then since then i've kind of branched out into i want women with strong social media and men with strong social media and then a couple stone cold maniacs to drive the action and that's kind of that's kind of the recipe for now shout out to dk my favorite player yeah. dk is the very best <laughs> and uh, for those of you who don't know we are talking about the monday show it's called max Payne monday and that show specifically uh uh encourages going once encourages slow rolls needles and any other uh inappropriate inappropriate uh poker etiquette yeah that's how the branding was born actually is i've always been a slow roller with people i think uh can take it and aaron queskin went all in against me for seven thousand maybe and i had aces pre-flop and I went in the tank and I gave him the business and I said, you always fucking have it. I don't know. And then finally I put the call in and, and, and then I turned over my aces maybe a minute later. And 
Ryan and, and Raver Poker, who was commentating, were like, we need to do this. Slow rolls. <laughs> and then and then the viewers love only running it once when the money goes in. They love blood. So yeah. That, that yeah. was a concession. The players like to run it twice because uh, there's a ton of variance in live poker. Yeah. And, and if you can reduce that in any way, usually you try to. But... That was a concession. Run it once. Oh, let's add slow rolls. And then we added the seven deuce game just to kind of make it a fun social uh, game. Why do you think so, this is uh, on the subject of, of going once or twice? Why do you think some players, crushers, like to go once? I mean, there are some, even some that are not crushers, but it, it, saying, you know, you made the point that there's so much variance, but why do you think there's some players that just want to go once? Why do they want to, to uh, embrace the variance? Do you, do you have any idea? Yeah, so if they're properly rolled, they're happy to embrace the variance because it means two things. They're going to see another hand quicker, so they're going to increase their volume by running it once. Mm -hmm. And the second thing is they're going to have more fold equity in general when they go all in if their opponents know this guy's only running it one time. So if you know your opponent's always going to run it twice, you might gamble and call with a draw or top pair, whatever it might be. And... A crusher might be bluffing and can't can't even doesn't even have good equity against that. Yeah, or, or they really just prefer a fold. So you have more inherent fold equity if you're known as someone who runs it once, and the game goes faster. You get to see another hand. So you go faster. There. You see more hands because you're a better player and you are more scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And let me ask you this question too. So you. When I first met you, I personally didn't know who you were, you uh -huh. know, but as I started talking to people, everyone's saying, no, this is Billy. Did you play at Oceans? Yeah. Okay. So Oceans, Commerce, this is DGAF, like the, and I'm not just saying this, the crusher, the guy who like has been in the lab, he understands the game at a higher level. I think even in the past, you and Garrett would debrief on Strat, right? So yeah. like you're at a different level, but I, I didn't personally know that. So how did you... How did you even start playing poker and get to that point? So I played poker even when I was five years old, just going to friends' house, playing with their dads or whatever. And then I played on and off in high school. You're just like stacking dads. No, no, no. Just, just like, like, you know, with like neighbors with, money. Literally with coins. I'm yeah. all in to stay up till 11 p.m. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and then I played a lot after high school. I played a lot of guts games, which are just all psychological. It's just reading your opponents, tricking your opponents. And if who has the most guts wins, but you have to know when someone actually has a really good hand. And I was always also a pretty degenerate gambler, just blackjack, sports, whatever. And just one time when I went to Vegas, I, I lost all my money in the pits as usual. And someone gave me a hundred bucks to play at Binion's way back in the day. And I played stud all night long for a hundred bucks and I lost. But I, I realized the strategy involved in it and that I could take, I loved gambling. I could take that and, and with a little um, reading and studying and practice. You could beat it. I could beat it. You can't beat the pits. I could beat it, right? right? And so I'm so old school. People don't understand when I tilt over someone taking too long. Here's how old school I am, Nick. I was a casino rat before the boom. Yeah. I was playing stud high-low and limit hold'em. Way before, I was playing when you could smoke cigarettes at the table as long as you weren't in the one or the nine seat. Dude, yeah. you look like you're 30. Same. How old are you? I'm 48 years old. Damn. Yeah, I'm yeah. Surprised. I remember those days, but yeah, I didn't know that. So, so that's how old school I am. And then 
I, I was earning, you know, a little bit in the games prior to the boom. And, the, and then when the boom happened, I, I realized I could make a bunch. Yeah. And I ended up quitting my jobs and uh, became a professional poker player at Ocean's Eleven. What I, year was that? Roughly? Just roughly. 2007 is when I quit my job. Got it. Okay. What were you doing? What I was like a regional manager for a restaurant delivery company that got bought out by Grubhub. Okay. But I was regional manager in San Diego and Las Vegas, and I played poker in San Diego and Las Vegas. So you get your paycheck, you cash it, you go lose it in the pits, you go back to work. No. So at this point, I was playing poker and I was winning a lot, but I, I was always spending everything I won. And then one day in 2007, my little brother came with me to the casino. And I was playing two, three, no limit. I was just beating it for a couple hundred bucks and spending it on whatever. And he played higher than me. My little brother played five, five and that pissed me off. And I decided that day, I'm going to separate my poker money from my other money. And so I was in two, three, I had maybe a thousand bucks and, uh, maybe in three sessions, I just skipped the five, five, went to the 10, 10, put it all on the table one. And then within a few months had, had a, a bankroll could quit my job and pay bills for a year. Wow! I but I was the pro that I speak out against often. I was the guy not giving any action, not being social, just really playing to win every single hand, my hardest. And I wasn't smug. I was a nice guy, but I actually got basically eighty six from Ocean's Eleven for for being kind of a nit, just for yeah. just. Not giving anything, just taking money. Yeah, just every crushing. Day. You're crushing, crushing, and, and then I, and then I went to Vegas and I changed into this this different kind of player that gives up EV all over the place, but long term can make a lot of money. Did and, anyone inspire you to change? Like what what was it besides getting eighty six? So that was it. It was, of course, you're gonna have the assholes that are gonna. I actually got a death threat by some guy, um, the, some ex con. And, and that's one thing, but it's when the nice regs, like the really nice guys that you play with all the time are like, it's time for you to move on. And like, you just, you have to go to a bigger pond. And it just really made me think these guys don't want to play poker with me. And I, I'm a nice guy. I'm like, yeah. uh, don't do anything shady. And, and, and then, so I just thought it just kind of happened, I guess, in Vegas where I realized the, the, the end game is getting people to want to play big with you and to gamble with you and have fun with you. And it's good for your soul as well. And that's how I've been able to play 30,000 hours plus. How are you able to navigate, explain it to me, to give away that EV and still long-term B plus EV? Like, how do you do that? Because we know that when you start playing like that, you're going to give some back. That's just the way it is, right? right. So how, does, how do you balance that out into to a plus at the end of the year? Well, we were talking before we started recording about some of the crazy action players in LA and they yeah. want to play with me on stream only. That's right. just what they want. Yeah. And so you get that benefit if, if you're a gam if you gamble and you have drinks. But to answer your question, I see you do it. You don't give yourself any credit for this because you do have really strong hand selection mm -hmm. and, and people give you a ton of shit for that. But I comment, I noted on Thursday when we played together on stream how yeah. quickly you were playing. When you play that quickly, you're definitely sacrificing some EV. Yeah. Because you could think it through a little more and maybe, and you're going to make some mistakes with your sizing, if not a bigger mistake by playing yeah. so quickly. And you know that I know to not do that because I'm, I'm in the lab. Like I know to not do that, but I know you have to. So, so you sacrifice too. I, I don't, you don't get any credit for it, but you do. You, you play fast. Do you fast. think I'm a nit? You're, no. So... 
I have a different interpretation. I'm of you can I'm just ask, tell them the no, truth. No, you're not going to get fired. I'm no, the owner. No, no, I know. I, yeah. <laughs> Vanessa, I know you're the owner. Oh, my because God. Because I think I'm a little misunderstood. Not defensively, because I've embraced it. I am Nitucci. Can I tell you what a nit is? Yes. Okay, so if you look up... You're looking at him. so interesting. <laughs> no. So... The way Knit got started was, I think Antonio Esfandiari was talking about people who brought no action to the table, right? Yeah. They didn't, they didn't, they just waited for good hands. And that's parasitic if you're only waiting for good hands and you're never bluffing and you're never doing, you're never providing any action or bringing anything else to the game. Right. If you look up Knit, it's a louse. It's like a, a, a parasite. And so that's the interpretation. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's and interesting. So, so that's the, that's the way I use it as if you don't bring anything to the game that, and you just take from it, you're a nit. But no, I don't think you're a nit. You bring, first of all, you bring the game. That's a, that's a big thing to do. Yeah. And, and you have camaraderie with people you play with. Yeah. And I, I've told you, like, fuck the VPIP. You, so what? You have good hand selection. You do bluff. You play fast. You you are friends with all these dudes and you laugh at yourself when you get whacked. Yeah, we didn't rehearse this too, by the way, Valerie, just so you know, this no, was organic. So, so we I, all know why this, this was is organic. happening. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> no, Bill, no, I'll tell you, Billy and I have like tough conversations I give it to people straight. Like I ask him things or we'll have like private conversations or even when he's commentating, you give it straight Look, yeah. to I, me I, as well. I have to continue this because my only thing over Nick is his VPIP and it drives me crazy and it, after every show, I bug him. I'm like, but you're just only 22% that. <laughs> less than everybody else. Uh, but, you know, um, so now I, you're taking that away from you're me. You're just so regurgitating. You're actually fired now yeah. because I am the owner. <laughs> That's fine. And there are plenty of streams I can go Please, Billy, go on. I thought I heard some noise in the background. Would you please finish? So, and then there's, there's another side to it, that the rules aren't the same for everyone. And just people won't grasp that. Like, there are people that do things for the show behind the scenes with social media, building the show up. Sashimi for one. Yeah. She has brought us so many Japanese viewers and so many players. She's brought so many players to our show, not just on Monday nights, right. other nights. And she's doing stuff, a 1% giveaway if you follow Max Payne Monday and Hustler Casino Live. And, sure. and she's wearing the, she does so much. She does not have to V-pip like a maniac. Right. Like, like someone who doesn't do that stuff. Right. Has to. Right, yeah. it's your fucking show, and you don't either. That's just that's just the 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 truth, right? The the rules are different for you than they are for me, and it's just the way the, the world is, right? Just like they're different for me than like a a five ten reg who wants to play in your game. Being a woman, being on social media, right? I have a better shot at getting in there. Plus, I'm probably worse than most of them. So, but, but for me, yeah, it's you're the, like you're like a unicorn. But for me, it's yeah. not about worse. It's it's. I've asked you to be on the show. Yeah. Because I mean, because I know you have a good reach in the poker world. You, you have strong social media. And so we do, we'll, we have hype videos before each show, and people uh, will retweet oh, them. Oh, she'll love that. Like yeah. doing your own video. And, oh. and that's been a big part of the growth. And so, yeah, the rules aren't the same for you as they are for some dude with no social media that, that no one's going to tune in for unless he plays like a stone cold maniac. Right. And, and, and that's just the way it is. And people want it to be a level playing field. It never has been. It never will and nothing be. Nothing in life really is. And, and just like 
the whale can kind of be an asshole. The pro cannot be a fucking asshole. You see Garrett Allison always on his best behavior, whatever you want, whatever you want. Yeah, he's the mayor. He has to do that because he's so <laughs> he good. Is. If he was punting it off, he could be like, fuck you. You know, he, he could be an asshole. It's just the way it works. Yeah. No, that's a that's a great breakdown. I think it's good for, not for me, but for the whole thing that you said, even about all the different elements of this, for people that are listening to understand that, because to put together a private game and to have it be successful, there are all these different ingredients and things that a lot of people don't realize. They look at one thing, they're focused on it, or they repeat shit they hear. Um, <laughs> That's a hey, you're an owner now. You you're gotta fired. Take, you you're gotta fired. Take more I'm, heat I'm now buying that you're up your equity. Now that you're an owner, you Ryan, gotta take more heat. You you now report to me. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's just you and Ryan. Yeah, just let me know what I could do to help you guys out. That's all. You know. Um, but yeah, well said. To, just to push back a little bit. So I will say when I think you are doing something you shouldn't. You have yeah. When you are expecting someone who's worse than you at poker to show their hand to to show their hand they don't have to yeah right yeah i i as that then i want you to finish that and i just want to say as that um what's it called as that discussion was evolving about me defending like you the poker etiquette poker etiquette you told me i gotta be honest with you and I think you told me it that night while I was commentator the next day. You're like, no, in this case, Garrett needs to just show his damn hand. He's the pro. He's the one. Because I was commentating saying, well, this etiquette, like you're good. Turn your hand over. But you made me kind of understand, like even for myself, because you've commented even on, I think on air, when I'm like trying to tell Wesley, show your fucking hand. Yeah. Like I said, you're good. Like you have to understand the etiquette and you made me understand that. And I'm not just saying like, oh, because you said it, I agree. When I really thought out that process and thought out what you said and how you said it, I actually agree. So I was wrong. Here's the problem with thinking in black and white. You're right that when someone says you're good, you turn over your hand and yeah. sometimes you're going to get accidentally slow rolled or purposefully slow rolled. Right. But that's the, that's the, the rule. There are exceptions. Now, if right. it's if it's a super pro and the guy who made the hero call is is not a super pro in that case it was Gary and Charles right and uh it, you either as Garrett you either muck your hand and don't get to know what he called you with right. or you turn it over and then he'll have so to So when show. he said I'm going to see your hand anyways that's just was out of line. I, I didn't understand I didn't know what that meant. I, I thought that meant he was going to see it later. Yeah. Oh maybe. Okay. That's exactly. Oh, that's true. That's probably what it what it did mean, yeah. But yeah. But yeah, I don't agree with everything he does. He does m most things very well. He does, yeah. But I thought in that instance, mm -hmm. he should either just fold it if he doesn't want to show his hand and then he doesn't get to know what the other guy had or turn it over. Now, if it is... Uh, if it's DK who says you're good, fucking turn your hand over immediately, no matter what you got. Right? Yeah, Someone right. who, who provides all the action and plays for fun, it's different. Yeah, and I'll say now my new my new etiquette strat is just that. If by nature I might say to someone you're good because that's just what you do, and if they flop their hand over, then we're good. If there's any hesitation, no, I don't even care who it is. I'm just gonna turn my hand over. Right. Because who cares? If right. really, if you think about it, you know. So I'm I'm actually 
changing my uh, my thought process on that because of all that banter that was going around, and I was defending it vehemently. Yeah, I, yeah, I disagreed with that one. Yeah, no, I know. And a lot of it has to do with what's going on in the session. If Garrett stuck a quarter million in the session, yeah. then you turn it over. It's 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 yeah, different. So yeah, there's different elements it's, and layers, it, right? Yeah. Intangibles. Yeah, I mean that's that's what I think. No, I think you're right. And and if I didn't, you know, I would also tell you. I don't. Of I don't think you're yeah. right. Um, and I and I will say this. I was telling. I might have said this to Valerie. I said it to some other people. But and I am not saying this for any other reason. If anyone watches the show or sees me on the show, everyone knows. Like I usually say it how it is. I've watered it down a little bit because of the show, but I'm very direct in what I think. And I and I want everyone to know that as I got to know you, because I had no idea who you were. You started commentating for us. Ryan had the relationship, and as I got to know you, I will tell all of you out there watching that. Billy is becoming, and not that we're bros and we're instant bros, but like a friend of mine to where like when I have a bad session or I got like, what do you think of this? Like I kind of go to you because I know you don't give two shits who I am in respectfully. Like you're just going to tell me the truth, which I like that. That's a real relationship to me. And, uh, uh, and has and you had my back on on certain things that I was like shocked that you took that stance. So again, I'm only saying this because I've said it to others that I like honestly, you're one of my favorite people that work with us. Swear, thanks. And man. I could like tell you too that I don't like, but I won't. No, I'm kidding. I'm joking. Who do you, who do you not like? Just air it out now. I'm joking. But point is, is I have, would be. You I would say if it wasn't uh, true. I'm sitting right here. I just have yeah. Vicky fire on. Oh <laughs> Vicky, man, that might even have been a better one than oh Valerie. Oh my god. But uh, she is metamorphosing into Valerie. Like Veronica will not exist 12 months from now. Oh my wow. God. I'm just I, telling you. I think I want to take a break from Hustler Casino Live. I yeah, might... well, oh, okay, sure. You become an owner and within the first 48 hours, you just want to, you just want to walk away. Yeah, I, I'm, I need a vacation for you. Can you imagine all the people out here that really haven't followed it and they start thinking, how did she become an owner? They're like going to believe it. <laughs> They're going to believe it. What do you mean? Believe what? It's true. Oh yeah, I forgot. All so right. I, I'm curious how you got your name because it to me, it's don't give a fuck. Right. So it's, there's nothing behind it really. I was, I used to put a lot of work in on my poker game and that meant being on two plus two all the time. That was like the best resource back in the day. It used to be the best players in the world would share ideas and it wasn't really affecting the poker world that much. It was just a few people uh, sponging off of it and, and trading their ideas. And I never had an account. And then I got tired of searching if, if you want to search something and you don't have an account, you have to put in that blurry word that's not really a word. And oh, so annoying. Fucking I annoying. I think uh, they've updated it now. They There's have? new owners. The, the website looks different. I've been on there recently. So I was going to finally create an account. And at the time I was doing this, I don't know what year, 2008, I was, okay, I need to create an account. And I just texted my older brother, uh, do you want to get together for the holidays? So I was trying to be like the bigger man and reach out to someone I don't talk to that much. And his reply was DGAF. Don't give a fuck. Your and, brother? Yeah. Wow. And so I just thought it was funny. So as I'm putting it in there, I just put in DGAF <laughs> for no fucking reason. And I never even thought I would post on 2 plus 2. I just, I just went there to lurk and look at the hands. And then... I started posting and, and then I became a very prolific poster. I, I had, I don't know, over 5,000 posts probably. What were your favorite things to post about? So for a while, I would post in every hand that was that was presented, every hand history. And I would think from a, I want to say, I, w I would start from scratch. I wouldn't, I wouldn't use the cookie cutter methods. I would just think 
logically use deductive reasoning the best way to play a hand and i caught a lot of shit for that because it was different than most people at the beginning and then a lot of these people were washed out of poker and i was thriving and then then i started to get the other reputation where no one was even challenging me anymore and so and this is stud or this is oh no Hold'em this was stuff. after the boom this was okay. after the boom this was deep stack nolan Hold'em, which is still pretty unsolved and then I thought I was done in 2012. I thought I was done with poker. I I finally had a bad year, which I still won, but it wasn't nearly enough in 2011. And so I kind of wrote like a my poker story as a goodbye piece, as a as a farewell gift. So I thought, and just trying to teach people how to how to win and be good for the game at the same time, which is the ultimate. Uh, it's hard to do both. Yeah, it's hard to do both, but there are just so many things you can do to be good for the game. You don't have to do all of them. Yeah. And uh, someone said, you wear sunglasses, that's bad for the game. Well, I don't think it's black and white. And maybe if it, if it is, I do so many things that are good for the game, right? Yeah, because someone just posted that recently, right? right? said, why do you wear sunglasses or something like that? And you said, I'll talk about it yeah. on the podcast. Why would anyone, why is that bad for the game? Why I think that it, it, again, uh, let me say from yeah. my perspective, I think it depends. So these sunglasses are a part of your look. This is your your uh, brand mm -hmm. in a way. You're still giving action and talking to players. It's more about the sunglasses, the hat, the hoodie, and like not communicating yeah, with other the people. Yeah, the guy that just sits there and being a, a shithead like to the dealer. Yeah. So, so that, is that just that's part of the piece of the puzzle? Because if someone just references sunglasses and you don't have any of the hoodies or any of the other stuff what i'm curious to know because you know some of the ins and outs mm -hmm. why is that perceived because i wear them now they're prescription right to my defense and our lights are He's very bright totally blind and our lights are really <laughs> bright so that's why i wear them but i'm curious okay so just to finish on the two plus two thing then yeah I, oh that sorry fa that farewell thing turned into like my life story i don't know how it did it just turned into it and it, it became like the beginning of me having any insight into my my ways which is I'm sure some people can relate to and but anyways beyond that sunglasses why do I wear them I don't typically wear them when I play on the casino floor it's not very bright I don't usually drink on the casino floor when you are drinking or on a substance you want some sunglasses on it's just it's just something that goes with it dgens wear sunglasses at the table and no one thinks that's bad right the guy that's that's on one like you can tell is on one yeah is wearing sunglasses no one cares right and the other thing is i don't sleep a ton because I, I work so much and i just have really sensitive eyes i have i have light eyes so those lights are really bright they are bright there, there's there's just no choice i i don't think i could play without sunglasses yeah. on stage but yeah on the casino floor i often don't wear them yeah and i play i forgot my son these prescription glasses and i have another pair in my bag that's just regular and i had to wear them one time it was horrible for me like it's so bright right that's how i felt about yeah. it yeah yeah so and even if it is even if it would be better for the game if i didn't well i do so many things that are good for the game no one's perfect yeah. you, you call, just want to check call the three bet thursday with pair of threes i mean you're bet, you're great for the game yeah yeah well, you're I, not supposed to do I that i caught six thousand with five high pre-flop too <laughs> you sure did but you were a little bit you were more you were tilty at that point don't oh, no, say no, you weren't i i was i was a little tilty i, I was just well you were crabby why I, were you crabby I was crappy because I'm grizzled fat. I told you I've been, I've played for like 10 times more, more hours than anyone else at that table. Even, even though yeah, some people are so older than me. So it comes with the territory. Well, yeah. And then, you, and then the kid on my right that I like that kid. Greedy Glenn, Grant. Yeah. Grant. Yeah. 
but he's just he's tanking too much the whole show and, and talking strat like all the things that'll just irk me and <laughs> i really wanted to I really wanted to do well, and I was just dealt out for five hours. I had no I no hands. Yeah, I get it. So, so you, you re- have to force something. So sometimes. a recap on Thursday's game or two Thursdays. It was the anti game. First time you played the anti game yeah. and not a Monday game, and you were stuck about a thirty or forty ball at this moment that yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. Whatever, yeah. Um, you've been there, yeah. And Grant, to your right, greedy Grant, right. like you said, was tanking and he was talking strat and he was. You know, he's a good guy. I like him, too. But I get it. Like, it, that could be annoying. And I think it also could be annoying, too, when you're stuck thirty or 40000 And so we were in a hand where I, I don't want to say it wasn't it was a decision, but it wasn't that type of decision. And how long do you think it went that he sat there and thought about it and talked? It, talked? it was like five minutes. Maybe he, even a little more, he, right? He would have went through all his time chips if he was playing on a Friday. Yeah. The The floor would have had to come over. Any, his hand would have been dead. Yeah. So yeah. and so Billy standing up. We're more than three quarters of the way through he's he's, you know he's stuck like a piece of pork and grant's sitting there just tanking and i could just see billy just whatever and and finally billy goes fuck it clock yeah i don't think there's ever been a clock called ever and i I, everyone liked it because we're like fuck like come on i was stuck a little bit but i'm like come on you know i I think it has less to do with being stuck than sticking up for the game i always stick up for the game whether i'm in the booth okay or at the table and I could see a lot of people, there were like three people standing up and a lot of people were getting irritated with how long it took. And it was more that, that that he, I've kind of been trying to help this kid. Like you can't do this stuff and get invited to stream games. And he was making the game about him more than it should have been. Right. It's a, there's nine players and a dealer. You. It's about the group. You have to you, you have to have communal behavior. You can't be tanking and talking about your own hand over and over. So it wasn't about me being stuck. Okay, I believe you. It, I stand up for the game. If someone's trying to be a bully, I will stand up yeah. no matter what. If I'm in the booth, if I'm at the table, or even in the chat. When, when, uh, yeah. when JRB was trying to bully Wes, I was tilting in the chat and, and probably shouldn't have been saying anything, but I was I was calling it out. Yeah. Uh, so I I don't know I just I'm old school I stand up for the game I get it and you want to walk us through just for fun because I think it was a fun hand you referenced what was it five high or six high oh five, five high. four five, four or five diamonds yeah so walk us if you can because you're good sure, at that walk sure. us through that hand why you called why you put it in like you know I folded the kings like go through the whole thing right so I was dealt out which means just no starting hands like eight deuce offs just stuff that doesn't even appear on any chart and so. I'm not in that in that lineup. I'm not playing those hands. Like I will three bet seven six offsuit because that is actually kind of a playable hand. Right. But most of the night was was just stuff I couldn't play. And you have to get involved when you're on a stream. You have to put on some sort of show. And so Zio, you're frustrated. You're no, frustrated. No, I feel like you owe it to like the show. Like I, I know the player that just sits there and doesn't do anything. You get bad cards, and then well, they're like, "Billy, I get frustrated." So let me just say this, and then I don't mean to cut you off. I just want to say it while I'm thinking of it. I get frustrated because I already have that persona of being uh, my pre-flop game. Right. So when I go card dead and spot dead in a game, I start to get frustrated and get anxiety and want to start playing hands I shouldn't because I already know I'm going to take heat. And then I'm frustrated because I'm completely card dead. There's no way I want to put my money in with these two cards. Like, right. no. And I'm like, well, fuck, maybe I should. You know, and that's so I understand I get frustrated, too. Yeah. yeah. And, and poker is a social game. Even if you're not on stream, if you've been dealt out 
you, you have to squeeze with a bad hand every once in a while, right. right? And so this wasn't a squeeze spot. Zio playing extremely solid, up a bunch, opened under the gun, and you three bet him under the gun one. So when it gets to me on the button, I have five four diamonds, first playable hand in a long time. Mm-hmm. It's not a it's not a classic call here. I think it's fifty eight hundred to you, right? No, it's only twelve hundred at this point. Oh, it's twelve hundred when I three when I when, when I when oh, you then three he, okay pop. So yeah. so it's twelve hundred to me. I'm not closing the action. It's not a great spot, but the likelihood of it getting four bet is very very low, right? Because you if he opens under the gun and you three bet under the gun, that one, means something. Who's four betting light? No one. No, no one's four betting light. <laughs> no, and so. <laughs> Chances are I'm gonna get to see the flop for twelve hundred dollars right. in position with a hand that can crack. One of you probably has a very good hand. You both you both have good hands, but one of you might have a really good hand. Right. Uh, and five four diamonds is kind of hand where you can flop something and okay. and you can get all you can get the double up. So you so, put it in. It goes back to Zio. Goes back to Zio, and of course he makes it fifty eight hundred. Oh shit. Okay, Nick's gonna fold, and I'm gonna fold. Nick calls. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> now I'm getting like a sick price on my hand. I'm not I wish I wish I was deeper, obviously. Of course, yeah. Behind. But you're getting a great price. Now I am closing the action. And gamble. Like this is the thing. It, it's close enough. Just fucking gamble. And I did. I put in the money and we had we had a big pot. We had eighteen K in there. Yeah, and I think it came ten jack something with two diamonds. Jack ten six with two diamonds. And Zio checked. You bet ten K. I had about eleven K. Obviously I'm going all in when I have a flush draw. Totally. Here. I have the right equity. Yeah. Zio went all in, which is insane in my wow. opinion. Yeah. With with aces. You made you made a really good full with kings. And then you saw it. I had 39% equity. <laughs> right. We run it twice of and course. I fucking break out <laughs> in the 50K pot. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. There was one hand that night. I don't know who it was against. Was it against Theo? Again, after that, you were, maybe you weren't frustrated, but you seemed frustrated and you got it in again and you guys went twice and you lost the first board. And then you're going to the second board and you hit and you stayed alive and you were like, I actually was fucking rooting for you. Get me the fuck out of here. Yeah, I, I, I was just venting, but yeah, it, it's it's frustrating anytime you sit down and play poker and you're dealt out. It, yeah, right. No, of course. And then on stream, where where the viewers are expecting you to put on some sort of show and yeah. like battle with Andy. And this was your Tuesday debut. Thursday, yeah. It Thursday, was, yeah. Yeah, and like you're just not dealt anything, right? And, and you run into the nuts the few times you like squeeze with bad hands. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, and so. That was frustrating, and yeah, I'm temperamental, no, no question. Um, I, I tilt, I tilt way faster than I wish I did. So speaking of temperamental, you you alluded to doing commentary, and you do commentary in Hustler Casino Live. If you know, for the viewers who don't know, but um, I've done commentary there once, and man, the the chat pros. Uh, it's it's hard to get them to like you. Was there a growing growing pains for you on that show? Definitely. They gave her a beating. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. liked it. I liked it. You liked it? Yeah, it was good. Opposite. Do it harder. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. So I'm extremely sensitive, like hypersensitive person, which Really? Yeah, which is why I've always been able to win at poker. I just know what's I just know what's going on with every person and like bingo like w- with the hand they're dealt just what's going on with their the, demeanor the, their feeling their vibe yeah did their wife just call them are they pissed off i just know what's going on most of the time right and so that that comes from being super sensitive and 
So when I when they when they hired me as like a trial to be a commentator, I liked it, but I was learning and there's two screens and there's a lot going on and yeah. I, you know, wasn't great right away and they were so fucking mean. I would be like Fuck you! Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come, I, I still do. Like, come to the hustler right now. Yeah. I'll just type it in there. <laughs> Meet me in the parking yeah, lot. Yeah. I still do. <laughs> if you don't get stabbed on the way in, I'll stab you. Yeah, but but I think I, I've I've kind of weeded out some of the uh, the worst like trolls slash haters just by beating them at their own game by being like more clever than they are mm-hmm. and. I, yeah, I think I've won over the the chat pros. You have. So for na- it's changed. Now it's like this really warm feeling every time I every time I commentate. Yeah, like, are they going to get banned? I, well, I love seeing. I, <laughs> well, you're a part of their tribe now. Yeah, yeah. I'm a chat pro you in. Heart. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm the same as them, right? Yeah. And and I love it. Like I see so many different people in there every single time. It just feels it's got this family vibe to it now. And of course, you have one or two haters, and and it wouldn't be it wouldn't be right if there weren't. I noticed that if you give them the haters attention, then they start to like it and they want more. It's really attention seeking behavior that they have there. And then if you really just like own them and like, okay, you're being a little out of line. I'm going to send you to your room. No electronics because you can give them a timeout, right? Yeah. I want you to think about what you did. I think you're going to come out with better, better energy or whatever. And then they'll just like, oh, fine, you win. And then they're like, I've thought about it. I'm ready to be a good boy or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, It's so funny you you say that. And I, I swear I'm not trying to mirror you, but... I'm the same way. You're sensitive. I'm very. You I'm might extre- be more sensitive than I'm I am. I'm extremely to the chat. sensitive. Now I've learned to lean into it. Yeah. Right. And but I've never thought about what you said, and it's so true. Is that I have a lot of weak things in my game. I really do. But but if I had one strong thing, it's that my ability to understand where every single person at that table is at that particular night or moment, and my instincts because I am so in tune, like socially insensitive, that that's my strength. And I've made a lot of my decisions based on that and not math because it's my strength. I'd say it is math. You're just <clears throat> narrowing a range way down. You're yeah. taking taking out all the light values. If someone just has a really nutted hand, you're taking out the bluffs and all, all yeah, the light yeah, values. Yeah, of course. And now you're just running against against a little tiny range, right? That's right, yeah. So that is still math. Yeah. And, and that's what, that's being perceptive it's just a huge thing. That's that's yeah. why live pros are not like fundamentally sound. They just know what's going on with the person next to them. That's so crazy. I've never heard it put that way, but it resonated with me when you, you know, said it because it's me. Very sensitive people typically are abused as children. That's why they're highly sensitive. So do we need to turn this into a different no, podcast? Because, I, because I'll be, I'll do see, we need I'll to be have straight. some therapy? I personally, <laughs> I personally wasn't. I, but I was raised by women. Uh, you were raised by women? Uh, I was like My dad a died little, when I was 10. Oh, sure. Yeah. So, so maybe but no i never i i had i didn't have a i had a key around my neck and i had to raise myself and do all that and i came from like hard knocks but i had a great life i have no beef so i don't feel abused but Um, but i'm still a sensitive little bitch (laughs) yeah people people listen to my podcast that are watching right now are are just like uh yeah i've pretty much told my whole story on my podcast i Mm -hmm. do it anonymously that's why i stay with djf and yeah, I definitely uh, took some beatings as a little one, like plenty. Ah. 
like good read yeah valerie i mean i i'm i'm highly sensitive oh but my I god you're I such a pain in the ass yeah yeah you're very sensitive but, uh, are you sensitive oh i am very sensitive but she yeah. hides it with the other with overcompensates sar- yeah i overcompensate i'm sarcastic overthink everything and mm-hmm. i fit every anytime i go into a room it's exhausting for me because i look at everyone and i'm like i see body language that's like uncomfortable here and i i want to make this person comfortable like are you okay what's going on can i get you and it's just it's so much work that's why i like being by myself a lot oh it's a it's a it's exhausting for me yeah and it's better for others yeah yeah (laughs) so yeah people probably think you're an extrovert like they think i'm an extrovert but really i need that time alone i if i go to like a party I don't know people at it's just the most draining thing. Me too. Like, yeah, me too. Fuck. So like, you I just can, want to get out of there. You Same. can be an extroverted introvert. Like there's a spectrum of it. Yeah. So you're introverted, but you can you enjoy social things. But then when you come home, you're like, I'm exhausted. I need downtime. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. That's, yeah, and I'm similar. You just like always sarcastic yep. just to keep it light and not have to yeah where have you worked on the uh, as a commentator and and <clears throat> practicing your art what where have you worked how how have you mastered watching these kind of games and commentating on them and still giving the customer service you do because even recently i was in a <clears throat> excuse me i was in a hand i don't remember what it was <clears throat> but i watched it back and you were like well i think nick is probably well maybe he's trying to well I really don't know what he's trying to do with this move, but you know he did it. So, but like, how do you get? Did <laughs> instead you know, of what you should say, was like, it, what w- the fuck is he doing? Oh yeah, yeah. So you were just clicking a button, like we all. I think did. I just like clicked or punted right. or did something. Yeah. So that's easy for me. I've been so first of all, I've been entertaining poker tables ever since I got. I changed from like that that pro that just took into like no, I'm gonna make this a party every time. I'm gonna entertain, people are gonna be happy to play until 5 a.m. and they're gonna be happy to kick up the stakes, 4X, put three straddles on. They, they just really are, because it's gonna be a blast. Yeah. And so you learn quickly, like if you're criticizing bad play, that's just the most illogical thing you it's can do. It's the worst do. thing you can do, yeah. It, it, and It's not constructive in those moments. It's not constructive, and why would you wanna be constructive? You want people to play bad. And then there's the other element of some people who are new to being good at poker think that's their identity, right? So they think down upon people who aren't. For me, it's the opposite. I just love people who have a lot of heart that wanna fucking gamble, that'll click a button every now and then. And like, I do it, I do it as well. And. And I just, I just try and do you celebrate do it on that. purpose, or do you do it sometimes because of your emotional state, or you just mess up, or both? No, occasionally I'll do it on purpose. But yeah. Most of the time, it's. I think it's probably true with most poker players that sometimes you're in the zone, and that's the fucking best. Isn't that something? It's so slow and easy, and sometimes you're not in the zone. I you're know. not locked. And you're just going to be clicking buttons in, yeah. in those spots. I wonder why that is, because I think I've even talked about this with, with uh, Valerie a couple times, or I had some notes and she's like, what's in the zone or something? And I'm like, it's the weirdest dichotomy. I said, sometimes I'll play and I just feel like I know everything I need to do and why. And it's almost like I could probably take a nap and still do it. And then there's sometimes I'm like, I do it and I go, what did I do? Even before I get punted off, right? Or I do this and I'm like, I just can't get it right today. I think for most of us, it has to do with how we're running. Yeah. We, we take a few beats, we run into the top of a range too many times, and then we start questioning everything. Confidence. Confidence, confidence in the deck, confidence in our mm-hmm. abilities, yeah. and then you have this monkey on your back, and you can, 
you can feel it, right? Yeah. Like, holy shit, this person sucks. And right now they're just, I can't, I have, I have no idea what to do against they're them. They're owning me. They're yeah. owning my face right now. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then like when you're in the zone, it's like, oh my God, everyone here is so dead. Like <laughs> so I stupid. have to disguise this. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. No, yeah. it's true. That's so, it's so interesting to me. Yeah. yeah. So I love that you're at heart just this i hope you're not insulted when i say this like degenerate gambler and uh you i love that you're here for the game because i feel like so many people miss that part of it but uh, i'm I'm curious to know i think people out there would love to know like how many times have you gone broke considering you've got this mindset a million yeah just are you broke right now yeah i like (laughs) so so my story is once i became a poker pro i won a bunch of money and I was probably averaging somewhere over a quarter million a year. And I was spending about, you know, $2,000 less than that every year. So that's just, and it wasn't just, uh, I have kids and, and ex-wife. And so I have a, and, and I was helping people out. Someone, need, someone needed money for a payment or whatever. I would just give people 5K. And I just have never been attached to money. And so the first time I went broke is when I won like 60K in 2011. It just... Uh, it just, and then since then, then, then I ran it back up and then I really like spiraled down in life, not even in poker, but in life and kind of hit a rock bottom in 2017. And I've been like this on this slow comeback trail since, and people have always offered to stake me, but I never wanted to do it because I, I know I have a spreadsheet with all these hours. I know I'm just giving money away when I do it. And finally, I agreed to do it to start playing on the show instead of playing, you know, five ten playing bigger. And uh, yeah, so I, I'm the worst financial. So do you think, person. regardless of the fact that you believe, and I do believe, that you probably have more time in the lab, you probably can crush poker when you put your mind to it and have the right bankroll. But you believe the reasons why, or I'm just asking, are the reasons why you, that you went broke m- more times than you should have being that good of a player, does it have to do with all the other intangibles, which is tilt? And when you tilt, do you tilt with your chips or do you just tilt emotionally? Does it have to do with alcohol and tilt? Does it have to do, like, what What are the reasons for the up-and-comer grinders that ask these questions? Like, you know, how do you manage a bankroll? How do you do this? I mean, I think it's good to hear, like, what are the things not to do if you become a top player to not go broke and to actually turn that into five, ten years of consistent E plus EV? Yeah, it, it's tough because <clears throat> to be really good at this one game, at least no limit hold'em, you have to be kind of a sicko when it comes to not caring about the money, right? You yeah. just you know it's the right play, so you're gonna do it. You're not gonna think about this is this is a 15k shove right. and like if I run into it I'm fucked. So you kind of have to be a little bit of a sicko to be really really good. Right. The people that have all the money are the ones that aren't super good. They just play their their steady game and they manage their money well and they just do it over and over and they invest in, and and mm-hmm. uh, but for me it's yeah, I don't, I don't know about giving advice because we just are who we are. Like, Yeah, no, I get it. I, I'm mm-hmm. always going to spend money and uh, I do want to be financially secure. I've been financially secure twice, but I don't ever need like a bunch. I, I just want to be able to like, you know, keep my kids in, in their spot and give them a good education and, yeah. and, you know, and have a nice life. But 
I, I yeah, for me it's it's not the tilt. And when I tilt, it you just you can see. It. I mean, I don't I don't punt. I don't. I'm I don't, saying. You I don't, don't tilt pay, with chips. I will not pay off someone who doesn't deserve it. But there's it. two different types of tilters. Right. There's people who tilt emotionally. Emotionally, and, for and, sure. And, but can, and that's me. Yeah. But I can maintain my chips. I won't tilt with my chips. I won't do it. Occasionally not, I will, but, but very generally. Rarely. But Same. generally, no, I won't. I will just tilt emotionally. I won't. I will not pay someone off who doesn't. But deserve there are some it. people that start losing and I, get emotionally Louis tilted. Does that. Yes, and yeah. they just start pressing to the point where a thirty k loss is now one thirty, and it's, and that's that's where you're really like yeah. running into like you can't win in poker. I will make bad like decisions of playing too big when I'm sure tilted. Yeah, which I, which I did recently. I played two hundred, five hundred heads up after a Monday stream. Oh, wow. And just like, it, it was a good spot, but I just wasn't, you know, that I'm not rolled for that at all. Yeah, you're not rolled for No matter yeah. how much better it maybe you were, who knows? Right. I don't know who it was, right. if I do or don't, whatever. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's that's a tough one. Yeah, so, but everything's going in the right direction for me. I've been battling for, so... 2017 was when I kind of hit the bottom and then I started my podcast sessions in 2018 to hold myself accountable to playing well on a comeback, playing smaller than I ever had before. And it, this is season five and it's all starting to go in the right direction. Good. And a lot of it has had to do with uh, Ryan leaving the bike and you guys uh, forming Hustle sure, sure. Alive. And well, I'm glad it happened and for it you happened, and for us. And it happening at, at the Hustle where Sean Yapel is the general manager. He's amazing. It's just all been like this really huge... It's been my career bank. Like I've never run hot in a tournament or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. This has been my big bank. This is your bank, yeah. yeah. So speaking yeah. of your show, your cast of characters on the show are what makes the show great. And obviously it, you started that. So tell me, I guess, like about some of your favorite characters on your show and like maybe a few great things that, you know, some of your favorite moments. You're talking about the Max Payne Monday? Yeah. So I, I like I think Beans is fascinating to watch because he will play kind of solid and then he'll just implode and <laughs> and he will have some genius moments. He had a genius moment against Nick in a Wednesday or Tuesday game one mm -hmm. time. Do you he remember raised that? me with uh, in that one hand. Yeah, you got you guys both knew the other was light and he just he went one layer he went, above me. Yeah, yeah. So he's very talented and discipline and sometimes will implode and then and then just like you uh dk is my favorite player he he's just i love him so much i if he's on the show i will not miss it he's just such a first of all he's such a great guy and he he has the fuck it button like it's permanently broken it's on yeah yeah it, the it's, game's too small for him yeah he he just doesn't care and he's just hella action yeah he, yeah he 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 told me he's like he's playing in these in these games where there's million dollar pots it, you know in, in private games when he comes Monday that's he just has fun and he says if it's three thousand dollars like it's like that just seems fun like let's just put it in <laughs> you sure I can't get another seat on Monday <laughs> no okay just well, me she's in charge now don't that's ask yeah, her I, I, I was owner. asking her yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that's hysterical. Do you remember what Beans did right after he made that bluff? Do you remember? He, he turned his hand over and show. said what though. Ship it, it? No, he goes. So he That's made what a great, I thought or something? No. That just happened. Oh, he said that just yeah. happened? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, 
Hmm. Yeah, that did happen. <laughs> yeah. Nice I, one. I, I live for the ridiculous characters. <laughs> I can tell. Um, yeah, I just, you know, it's what, like... The show is kind of a reflection of who you are and your personality maybe, now that I'm talking maybe, to you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's it's cool that, that Ryan's just giving me a lot of freedom. It's not my show, but he's just giving me a lot of freedom and with the, it. the graphics were your idea? No, no, no. That So, Raver Poker is the commentator on that Kyle, night. Kyle, yeah. And he is a genius with graphics. He does the intros and... He is a big part of the branding for this show as well. He saw the slow roll and was like, we need to, we need to do that more often. And, it, and then uh, the people that watch always complain about running it twice. He said, well, we can do that on our Monday game. And then he pulled the chat and said, what would be a good name for it? And someone said, Max Payne Monday. So the lineups are a reflection of what I know about poker and what works. But but he gets he should get a lot of credit as well. Yeah, he he's very graphics. good at it. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, and does so he many do the other graphics things too. for the whole show too. Yeah, uh, yeah, he does all the graphics, and then he and another and the music person. Music videos. <laughs> yes, he and another yeah. person make the the videos. We have two channels. We have the main channel, and we have the clips channel. So we use both, and so him and another individual are the ones that make the videos too as well. I'm surprised more people don't subscribe to HCL Poker Clips. Yeah, well, it, it they watch them. That's yeah. the crazy part. Like even with Valerie and I, like we have on some shows, we had like seventy thousand views, and we have five thousand subscribers. It's just they just have to. We I have don't the know. same viewership of you. like one hundred fifty thousand subscriber channels. Yeah, it's but weird. We five, so we, we're, I'm trying to figure that out too. Like, so if you're watching, you fucking subscribe. Like, like come on. and you subscribe. Like, you everyone. like the show. Remember, we said if you don't like the show, do it anyway, so we can annoy you. Yeah, I think yeah. I think a lot of people just don't know about it because. Yeah. They subscribe to Hustle Casino Live. Yeah. And they like the shows. They really like the timestamps. A lot of people are busy and can't watch five hours. Some people love the five hours a night. And they love the short videos. But also, some of the videos come from HCL Poker Clips. Right. And that's content people eat up. I'm just surprised that the numbers are Yeah, well, we got to find a way to make it clear to them. And we got to work on it that they just need to pop that button, too. Because that really helps. Because the truth is, is they're going to get free poker constant forever we're never going to ever charge for anything but that helps us with algorithms and we that's that's how we make money on youtube so and and so yeah maybe we got to get better at it i don't know i know when you're commentating i'm commentating i'm constantly like hit the like button subscribe it's important to us sometimes people get annoyed but you know they have to understand if if like they're getting something special. Mm-hmm. That's all you got to do. Right. Like if that's like do that and watch and like we're golden, you know. So hopefully that happens. And we do have another thing too that we're doing. We're gonna pop another channel out and um, we're gonna do something in between the five six hour show and the three minute video. We're gonna put out videos that are maybe eight ten fifteen minutes that have like all the premier hands oh, cool. from certain parts. So so that's gonna be Did a you big one this? too. <clears throat> well, it's her well, idea. I mean, I'm still it, going over the she details. Got mine and I do agree yeah. to it you know uh, well, yeah. you can come to my office later and we can discuss sure. it so yeah. you know i asked this uh from ryan and i and i genuinely am interested um because we saw that live at the bike and other live streams they're doing okay but mm-hmm. hustler has just blown everybody out of the water and i'm talking about network television poker shows at hustlers just we we are objectively saying that it's the best show and what do you think that like what is different about hustler casino live that other folks aren't doing the commitment to the art if that's what you want, to, to the content to the production sparing no expense 
um, getting the right people in all the right spots and giving them the freedom. That's that's what I think the genius of Ryan Feldman. Not only his his lineups are fantastic, right? But he gets you in a spot where he thinks you might thrive, and then he just lets you go. He has never once given me any sort of feedback on my commentating. And he hired me when I had no experience commentating. He just thought I'd be good at it. And with Raver, he lets him do these intro videos however his genius mind wants to work. And the guy doing the camera, let him go. Set him up for success. And then and then Nick and Ryan and the hustler saying, how much money do you need? What let's what do we need here? We need new equipment. We they just they just have thought very long term, and I don't know that other streams have, and it's just, it's just the passion and the commitment to the content. Yeah, that's a, and I'm oh, sorry. No, I was just gonna say that's a sign of a really good manager, um, as someone who lets their employees thrive and sees where they're good and puts them there and lets them gives them the creativity and the means to do what they do best. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say this is going to sound cheesier a segue. It's really not, but it made me think of it. I'm going to say it because I'm just going to say it. But in that book that I wrote, Seven Figure Systems, it, as far as being a leader and and leading a company or leading people, it, you know, I have a chapter in there that says, you know, the people that are working with you have to feel like it's their company. They have to defend it like it's their company. They have to want it to grow like it's their company. They have to feel like um, they're with you and not just working for you, right? And then you put, like you said, the right people in the right places that have that feeling and that mission. And it's just like, Billy's gonna do everything he can to be the best commentator he can, and he's gonna do everything he can to make Monday nights the best for himself because it does probably serve yourself and it, some binks in there for you, but at the same time, it's like people are going, I, 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 I just need this to succeed. I wanna be part of this forever. I wanna, I wanna do this and I want these guys to be successful. They've treated me so well and they've allowed me to be me and they're not micromanaging me. So to that point, just to, Com, you know, compound on it is that if anybody's out there watching and you're running a business, that's how you got to run it. Now, of course, you have to have your finger on the pulse. You do right. have to pull back when like, come on, you can't say that. You can't, you know, whoever right. it is. But other than that, you let the good things be good and you and you give them the credit, you know, that type of thing. So it's just the way you should lead. Yeah. For example, <laughs> Nick is co-owner. Well, you are as well. But yeah. before you were an owner, when it was just <laughs> Nick and Ryan, Nick said, I uh, would like to play on Mondays. He just loves to play poker and Mondays are open for him or whatever. And I had to be like, well, it's just not a good fit because you're, you're, you're too good. You can play on the other, other days. And, and so like to feel comfortable saying that, like, Oh no, you can't play on your own show. Sorry, man. <laughs> Th thanks for, thanks for asking. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah I mean, and, I, and I said, Billy, yeah. Hey, I respect I, that. I respect that. Yeah. And you're making this thing work and you're actually saying something that's true. Right. And even though like I know I could say I'm playing, right. I'll never do that. But thanks for trying. Well, a bad manager <laughs> will want yes people around them. Right. Right. Not not people who are going to tell him the truth or her. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. Cool. What else you got, Val? Because I got a bunch. But go I, ahead. Oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah. So who while you're commentating who are your favorite players to watch like and why who are your favorite players to commentate on it's not going to be me so it's not a setup question if i did ask him who are the like best players that play in the show he'd probably say me but that's not the question the question is who do you enjoy as a joke who do you enjoy well, you're the second biggest winner aren't you 
That's what I said yes. uh, behind Garrett, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think JRB uh, took oh, yeah. took over second because sure. he won the million dollars. But yeah, I'm second. But um, but who's your favorite people uh, players to watch and why and to commentate on for yourself? Okay, so my favorite is Ludacris to commentate on. Totally. I think he has endless talent, and he doesn't always show it and he does everything right to get action everyone loves playing with him mm -hmm. but he he also is probably a very winning player so he is he is the good for the game where is he winning he's winning somewhere Nick. i know i know i know he, he's <laughs> so 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 alan kidding Alan, so Alan Keating <laughs> along the same lines. Alan Keating. Yes, yes, yes. Of course. People will be like, wow, this guy is calling with 9-4 <laughs> offsuit. Uh, and, I, and I'm just sitting there like, do you know how good this guy is at poker? Right. People don't know. Uh, of course. And, well, they see it in a vacuum, right? right? They don't know that he was like running uh, games in Vegas with Danielle Moon back in the day. And, right. Yeah. yeah. He, so people that... People that don't play just the hand dealt to them, they think long term are my favorite. Alan, Luda, uh, there's there's so many. I love watching Santa play. He's just action. Oh my god, he's crazy. And he's he's very good pre flop. This now. is an alarm company, so I don't know if it's my home. We're just gonna do this right on air. Oh uh, yeah, let's see what's going on. This is Nick. Oh, okay. Yeah, I need to know about my low battery. So I thought maybe someone is in my house taking all my shit. Okay, go. So I thought there was going to be another apology tour. For, for me, poker is not trying your hardest. It's not making it a sport. I don't think it works like that. I, I, I don't think you can go to any casino right now and see people playing poker as a sport. That game will break unless there's one huge whale in there. And then when that huge whale leaves, the game will break. It doesn't work as a sport. Yeah. Uh, it just dies as a sport. It works as a social game. So the people that embrace that, Ludacris, Alan Keating, that that's kind of my favorite. Sure. Uh, people just thinking very long term. And... and Funny enough, people, most commentators want to do Friday nights, and that's a different beast. That, it is. That is fascinating <clears throat> in its own right. It is a sport. It's just so not what I'm into. I, I request a long time ago, like, no, give me the goofy games. Yeah. I, I don't need this, like, <laughs> these serious games where no one's talking or the conversation isn't very pure. I just, I just, I don't know. So, yeah. I, I like the the... I like Luda. Well, me as a player, and me too, and I can tell you, you know what I love about Luda the most? His money. No. Yeah. What, and I'm, okay, I'm joking. What I love <laughs> about Luda the most is is a lot what you said, but he, everyone thinks out there, so if you're listening, everyone thinks out there that him and I actually have a real rival, like where we don't like each other. He's one of my favorite people, and he's one of my favorite people because whether he's up 150 or down, he's a gentleman. Now, we do needle each other, and we do, you know, root against each other, kind of for reals and kind of fakely, but, um, but... He also knows, and I talked about this maybe on stream or maybe on this show, is he also knows when to back off, just like I will with him. Yeah. Like when it's really getting like painful, like I'll I'll stop, you know. Like I, I like him, and I don't want to see him punt off a buck fifty on a Tuesday. I really don't, um, unless it's totally to me. Then I'm not gonna lie. Then yeah. I want him to, yeah. But I like the kid, is what I'm saying. And um, <clears throat> so I totally get it. And um, for me too, well, there's like 
three or four or five reasons that I don't play a lot on Fridays. One is the main one is, is that I take my girls out to dinner and I like seeing them because they're older now. That's just for sure the main reason. The other reason is too is what you said. You know, I started playing on Fridays here and there and I was bored. Not bored because there's some times where I just want to play pure poker and I just really want to focus and do that. It's a perfect game because it's at a different level. It's whatever. But I like the Tuesday guys and the talking and the bullshit and Santa next to me and all that stuff. And then the other thing is too, there's such a demand for the Friday game to play at that level and the type of lineups that I don't always, I can't always get a seat. So for me, like if I play on one Friday and I lose like, you know, 180,000, then I got to go back to the like Tuesday game for the next four weeks. Right. It just doesn't make any sense to me. So I'm under too much pressure wanting to win and wanting to be a winning player to to have that kind of like, unless I could want to play it like every week and could commit to it. Um, but to your point, it's just so much more fun during the week. Yeah, I mean, Friday is fantastic. It's the number one show. It's basically a suspense movie every time. You you get you feel like the adrenaline watching yes. it. And it, it's it works only because it's streamed. If it was streamed, it wouldn't work. Totally. And you have people. Why, 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 tell me why. Because those, those, the guys who aren't as good would never play with the guys that are as good just for the challenge of it. It, it has to be on stream. People like being on stream. Well, you can go back and review your, you, yeah. you'll never know what they had it, if, you, if you're not on stream. Do you notice how attitudes have changed though um, towards being on stream? Because when I first started doing the live stream uh, out in Sacramento, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of pros did not want to be on the stream because they're like, I can't give away how I play. I'm like, dude, no one's paying attention. Literally no one, no one's getting that much better by watching you play. It's like- I wouldn't you say might, no one. Well, yeah. I, so a lot of people aren't paying attention to that, I think, because you see people are not improving. The people who are genuinely studying are improving, but there's so much value to uh, maybe giving a bit more action on stream and mm-hmm. then you get a better persona in the poker room and you'll get more action and then you can tighten up a little bit off stream. There's just, and then you can review your hands. Yeah, so I, I agree. Go ahead. No, please. I agree with you that, that a lot of pros were, were paranoid about it right? yeah. at the beginning. And then I think it's also become kind of a necessity of where you're going to find a juicy game if not on stream. Yeah. It, it's just the Mondays I get to play in 10, 20, 40, and it gets bigger after the stream and it's juicy. And like, where can I find this if not on stream? Yeah. And what, what I think happened too is when streaming first started, and maybe not first started, but as it was going, a lot of players, to your point, like even like Garrett, didn't want to play on stream because he didn't want people to see what he was doing and how he was doing it. And then what just happened, and, and that's because the streams were built around a lot of players like him and pros, and so they didn't want that. But as the pros, and which would love to get in more of these games, and they can't, only a few can that brings something to the table. But as players started to realize, and let's not even call them pros, started to realize is that once these games started to be built built from the the action up to the pros, because if you build a game from the pros up, it doesn't work. So it has to right. be built from the action down and then the couple of pros that just bring so much for viewership. So once they realized that, they didn't care about giving up that information anymore because it was so lucrative. And I will say myself, being the fish at Live at the Bike for a few years and the game being built around me for, for that, playing with like the best pros in LA, 
And then being able to see it and then to realize how much I really didn't know because then it just became clear to me, oh my God, I don't even understand poker. I've been playing for years. And then now even be able to go into the lab and watch every single hand and every nuance and seeing how they act and who moves this. And it's like, it's been invaluable to me to be able to, to, to have that information and to be able to study my own game. It's a great tool. The, the person I think of on the Friday game now is JR. He's a very successful dude in real life, right? Yeah. And he was kind of getting beaten up. Yeah. And you can tell he's put his mind to getting good at poker. And it's just so quick, the evolution of this mm -hmm. guy that was like the spot turning into like, holy shit, this guy's a beast now already, just like a few months later. Yeah, and that's because of the streamer, it would never happen. And that would be the same as Wesley. Like literally people are saying, oh, I don't know if I believe him. Did he not start poker? Who knows? But I could tell you this, I played at a table with Wesley on month one and he had no clue what he was doing. Right. It was literally easy to just pick him off. Yeah. And now you play with him and it's like, not that easy. No. He knows what he's doing. He studied. You give a smart, driven person a new hobby, and then you give them the, the tools. Like, they can go review all their hands with someone, and they're, they're just going to get good. And that's what you're seeing with, with JR, and that's what you saw with Wesley. Yeah. Uh, he Yeah, he's been the most... He's been, like, the actor of the show like he's, Wesley I don't want to say actor but he's been like the the character uh, the of the most, show yeah most interesting character for a while he showed up short stack didn't understand he had his natural hair color he was just very conservative <laughs> and if you watch him over the, the evolution year yeah. plus of the show it's just so cool on like a, a human level just like just to watch a kid you know it's getting smug when he's when he's winning and then people push it, pushing back on him and yeah. then, it, then he's becoming more humble His social media posts too His social good. medias are epic they're, they're right? so the nuts yeah and but but i will tell you this is my opinion i think wesley has went from what you said to this like being the almost villain slash popular slash like famous whatever but now that he's getting really good and it's so important to him to win for not for money because he's very um prideful on how he's viewed he's starting to slide down into doing what some pros do which is buy short in action games which is plus ev and picking a, being a little more interested in the lineup a little more uh, you know like i see, see the evolution the there yeah. are a lot of people that used to be like the action players that are no they're the biggest grinders i don't know if i should say their names but like they tilt me when i'm commentating and, and i see them in the lineup because i see right through it they're just super grinders now it doesn't mean they're they're great at poker it just means they're trying really hard to win right in a game where most people are just trying to put on a show yeah yeah and that those evolutions take place right in front of our eyes yeah and then and then eventually they, they don't have a seat right like they just yeah that's usually what happens yeah eventually stream. they <laughs> yes with nobody watching um uh <laughs> i'm curious what you think since you do commentary hustlers one the one of the few shows that does the single person commentary um and it works it's working so far but uh other people have criticized not having two commentators what do you think about that can i just add to that so you can answer all of it what she said and add to it what others have said like matt berkey and their stuff when you guys you uh tuck and bart like were like what the fuck and there was all that like 
but mostly Tuck got involved in it. Um, but again, I just wanted to add that so you can add to that. So when he does, when I ask a question or when he wants to ask a question, no, he'll repeat it, mansplain it, but he'll also <laughs> run off like a hundred questions to our guests yeah. and be like, here, memorize these, go. Mm -hmm. So basically translation to what she said is I make her question better, go. Yeah, so <laughs> I haven't heard a lot of people saying that they don't like the one commentator approach. I, I I do know that Matt Berkey doesn't like it. I go way back with Matt Berkey and have had nothing. Shout out to Matt Berkey. Yeah, I've had nothing but good interactions with him. No, he's a friend of mine. I didn't. I'm. I mean, I go really far back with him, and I've interviewed him on my podcast. And yeah, he's just one of the solid dudes in poker. I was a little surprised when I saw a comment. Someone showed me that, that he said most of the commentary is trash and. It was on the Hustler Casino Live topic, and he said it was about something else, and then it turned into, I think, one commentator is not a good approach. And he says he really likes the two commentator thing mm -hmm. at uh, Poker Go. Is that right? Is that what it is? Yeah, and he mentioned that he believes that if, um, like, our show would go to another level if we had a Nick and Ali, because we now can sit on our laurels because we're the best, but if we wanted to, we don't even really need the table talk, or it's not as... Let me give you a bit of maybe perspective that some shows are a little more boring to watch. Where Hustler Casino Live, the, the show isn't the commentator. The commentator is just dancing around the action. The show is awesome to watch and yeah. hella action. Why are you giving me that perspective? Because no, that's I'm, what I'm I agree just saying, with. Uh, yeah, I know we agree, but oh. I'm saying that I, I'm, I'm uh, mansplaining you what you're saying. Okay, so you're that, giving them the perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm saying that like I think Berkey has the perspective of watching shows that are a little more boring and okay. are commentary dependent. Whereas yeah, we have great there you know me as an owner of uh Hustler Casino Live, we have great commentators. <laughs> but but you know like it's it's not as dependent on commentary. The weight is carried by the show. Yeah, I I would action. disagree with Berkey on this one. So I don't watch the World Series of Poker coverage. Once you're in poker too long, you're just not going to watch that. Uh, the I don't think those players are mic'd up. Maybe they are on the featured table. Are, are they? Yeah, they oh, mic up. They mic up the final table of the series. Each yeah. player, feature, the feature table. Each yeah. player is. Yeah. And and yeah, they do. Okay, so there's a lot of commentary though. There's there's the play by play and the color, and they're talking. There's not much talk by the players. And these players are just people that randomly got chosen in this tournament. Mm -hmm. So they're not characters. They can't carry the show. At Hustle Casino Live, we only bring on people who are gonna put on a show. They are mic'd up. And I think the feedback I got right away is that the viewers wanna hear the players. Yeah. And they especially wanna hear the players in the bigger games, but they always wanna hear the players and going back to that sensitivity that I have, I hate two conversations at once. I will stop what I'm saying if someone starts talking at the table. And, and like you said, you're just dancing around it. You Occasionally you have to call some action or if someone's just going on and on about something stupid, go ahead and talk over that. But in general, I think for, for a five hour show, it's gotta be about the players and they aren't just random poker players doing well in a tournament. Yeah. They're chosen because they're insane, because they're fucking Beans or DK or, or whoever else It's very intriguing, right? They're chosen for that reason. They are the show. I've called it a reality poker show. That's what it is. We're not trying to put the best players on. And the other thing I'll say to that is, 
I understand Matt's perspective. Matt is way in poker. What I'm trying to do as a commentator is build the show and build the game by getting people who aren't already into poker, right? And let them experience these these crazy characters and make light of stuff and do not, I try to not get too technical because I'm not trying to appease people who are already gonna fucking watch. I'm trying to bring new people in and I think the show thrives on that. And Billy, do you think because maybe possibly Matt is a poker purist that he enjoys maybe that more quiet, uh, concentrated like type of atmosphere where you got two guys, you know, one uh, offsetting the other in a good way, like Nick and Ali, because they're great, and just likes maybe just his personal opinion likes that vibe of a little bit of that, some good poker pure it caters commentating more to his... caters more to him because. Yeah. I could understand that, but when, and I use this word so many times in the last podcast, but to be so dogmatic and just say, this is the only way this show, meaning ours, is going to the next level is to bring Nick and Ali in or someone like that because um, the rest just aren't going to take them there, Regard, meaning you, everyone else. So, and I'm not trying to start cause, like, stir the pot. That's the part that I disagree with. I could agree with, hey, for me, I like to watch this because this fills my tank of real poker commentary because they don't have the characters that are all going to be talking a lot. And so for me, I enjoy that. So if I was going to invest my time, I want that. That I could totally agree with because that's just like a choice, right? That's an opinion. Right. Yeah. I, I think, I, I don't know. I don't I don't watch the, the World Series poker coverage, but I know I think that, we're talking I think more like poker, poker go, go, yeah. You know, like the the quiet, like where you see Negron. You know, there's there's some talk, but you just see a lot of pros that are just sitting there, some famous names and stuff. Well, and, and it's although quiet. Gabe Kaplan on Poker Go kind of does uh, a Hustler Casino Live style, or yeah. we do their his yeah, kind of style. Yeah. He, well, there's a ton of dead air when when those guys are playing. Patrick Antonio's. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. That's different. Th then you do need two commentators. Of course. But when you have all these ridiculous people that we have on, on the show all the time, uh, Nick Airball, when he's on there, the commentator is not going to say a ton of words that night because he's going to be driving the conversation and love him or hate him. He's, he's, he's loud and he's interesting. And so, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't think, I think maybe Berkey likes that and, poker purist, whatever that means, but I've been around poker forever. I like the characters and I like the relaxation of sometimes just hearing the, the, the cards hit the, the, whatever that is, um, the wall. Yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah. Especially when Lauren's dealing. Yeah. The chips. And then you, you hear the players and then when I'm really on, I just, I just jump in when they're being quiet and then get right out. And, and then I feel really good after a, a five hour commentary session when I just felt like I didn't talk over anyone and I just kind of enhanced the experience. And then occasionally if you have a serious game, then you need to really turn on or a boring game, then you turn it on and yeah. just and you you gotta get pick fucking it up. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, you gotta pick it up. Yeah, I, I liked that whole game and I'm only a year into it, uh, so still learning it, but uh, yeah. So um, for the chat pros out there, for fans of you and your show and Hustler Casino Live, what would be steps for them to try to get on to your show? What do people need to do? Um, you mean to get on the Monday show? Yeah. So it's just, I mean, it's a show. It's a business. A lot of, a lot of poker pros have complained. I can't, why don't I get to play? Just this entitlement. And, and it's, 
it's you can play in my poker game anytime. I, I run poker games on the casino floor. I never exclude anyone. Every single person is welcome. I don't care who it is, how good they are. So is it you'd have to meet them, see that they're fun for the game kind of thing? And, and really for the Monday, what I'm trying to do is blow it up with social media. So if you don't have a big social media or you aren't an insane action player, you're probably not getting on. And, and that's just the way it works. Like... I don't get to be on keeping up with the Kardashians, right? So it's just like, it's it's not an open public poker game. It's a private right. game. It's a show. And so what I'm doing is I'm trying to find people. I don't care if they're good or bad. I want them to have a big reach. Like I've had a Shuan Lu on a couple times lately. She's very good at poker, but she does everything correctly, in my opinion. And so she's welcome anytime, yeah. right? But some other pro that has, you know, 400 followers you're not doing anything for the show and we're just trying we're just trying to grow it's a business right nick it's yeah you want views, you want views <laughs> and subscriptions and you want to blow it up and so on the monday show i'm trying to bring in other industries and and and, and people a lot with strong social media and that's that's about it and then of course you have to have a couple crazy action players and i hold myself to that too i don't have the most social media i, I do a pretty good following but I play crazy on that show. I play two thirds of hands and I drink 20 beers. Like, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you know me, when I'm on a show, even though everyone could say, you know, oh, yeah, it's his show, that's why he plays, and that's true. But I never shut up. Right. I'm always talking and needling and trolling and whatever. And so there's, that's, that's one thing you have to bring there if you don't bring this or you don't bring that is you, you have to be either hate you or love you. Right, have that personality, and, and so, but you could get on the bigger games. I think I think there's more openings on the bigger games. I know the Mondays are like booked for months, where I can squeeze people in. But for the bigger games, you can get on there. Just show that you have a lot of money, and you'll bluff and and whatever else. Uh, I refer people to Ryan all the time from the casino. Sure, floor. yeah, yeah. I'll say, Ryan, I got a beauty. Come down here, and yeah, yeah. And I'll introduce him. Beauty, <laughs> yeah. I'll just text him like, "Come down, man. Like, you gotta come down right now." Well, and yeah. Val, Valerie, I have two more questions. I don't know if you have any more, so you let me know. I'm gonna ask. No, him. I'm just. I wanted to let him know because I'm gonna go play on Max yeah. Payne Monday in a few weeks. But so I'm Valerie here, you know. Perfectly speaking English, Valerie, but Veronica, she gonna go play. She gonna go play she Monday? She gonna go play Max Payne Monday. I thought you gonna be the rapper. No, I'm gonna go in character. Veronica gonna go play. Okay, good. Polish number one mother here. Okay, good. Why you no laugh, mother? <laughs> oh, you right, have damaged right. brain? What's yes. wrong with you? You and, go all in. And you don't have to worry about her posting this shit on her social media because <laughs> she's got fucking fast fingers, bro. But, but that's what that's what drives the, the, the growth, right? Yeah, yeah. Totally. So second to last question, as you were coming up in the poker world and now, did you have any kind of poker idol that you saw as someone that was just like, wow, you're in awe of and has that changed and is there anyone now or the same person? I'm trying to think. If not, it's cool. It could just be, no, not really. I don't give, I don't yeah. DGAF. I think, so when I was coming up and becoming... Uh, a pro they had high stakes poker on I think back then and my my favorite player to always watch was Antonio mm -hmm. I think Antonio's prime is almost as good as it gets in live poker sure his reads the 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 subtle things he does to like get you to call or fold yeah I just I mean he wasn't my my favorite and I played him I played him heads up years later yeah, in yeah. commerce yeah. but uh I think he was he was my favorite 
in the early days. I just really liked how good he was, how comfortable he was. And Entertaining to watch, to yeah. be around, yeah. So, but but it wasn't like he was my hero. I liked. I get it. I liked the way a lot of them played. Sure, but no, I I don't. And I've been around so long. I don't really. If you're really good at poker, it doesn't mean much to me. I like people that are that are just like fun to be around yep. and good people and like yeah. That sounds cheesy and it lame. It doesn't. That's why I like, like playing on this show is it, because of these friends of mine now. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It. And, and I go way back with Gary, and I think I think he's the best. I think f- for no limit hold'em, he's the best. And so I really he respect is. his play. I like watching him. Why play. are you looking at me? Because you were like, "There's no way he's the best cash game player in the world." No, that's not what I said. Here's what but I said. I, I, here's here's what I well, said. I he's to, not the best, in my opinion. Him. Here's how I frame that. That's funny that we're okay. So I know we're talking about two different things. Yeah, yeah I'm just I know. Bugging I know you. you do. But I'm just saying, like, there are so many like. And not that Garrett couldn't adapt to this because he's very smart, very intelligent, and he's a great player and he has no fear. I'm just saying that if you put Garrett in this different environment with a bunch of like people that have been young kids that have been in the lab and we're just you got seven, eight other players like that, you're not going to see the Garrett that you see. Of course like, not. And I'm not saying he wouldn't win, but you just. It, so when someone says the greatest cash game player in the world, no. But but maybe uh, but maybe here's here's but what maybe here's who knows? what I'll argue. I'm sure there are many players that are technically better at at poker mm-hmm. than him. But are they allowed to play in the Friday game? No, that part, part I agree of with. It, no, yes. no, this is how I look at. So maybe maybe the best poker player is actually Rick Solomon because he gets to he gets to win the most money or have the most EV in whatever game. Yeah, it's games. impossible to know. So and and Garrett has built this following by by putting in the hours on live at the bike and earning the fans that he's a draw for the show. He crushes the game, but he's a draw for the show. So Yes, yes. So but these other guys you're talking about, they don't do anything for the show. They're they're well, all under That's play. a different subject to me, meaning he has built one it's of the, all the greatest brands for himself and for the streaming poker community yeah. and in that respect he's the best. And a big part of being the best is getting action. And he's the rare, super tough player that gets action. Yep. That he doesn't he doesn't spew too hard anymore these days. And he still gets the action because he's got guys like JR that want to compete with him. Right. And the, I don't know. It, that There's a talent to that. So th- that's what I think of is who, right. you know, okay. who, who makes the most money or has the most EV. And maybe, maybe Rick Solomon makes Garrett... Seems small. Yeah, who knows? Like, who knows? Right? Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Or maybe yeah. Alan Keating is the best. Who knows? That's what I'm saying. So he definitely this is the thing, best. When yeah. I say this, and when we joke with each other and go back and forth, this isn't me trying to like knock Garrett off that perch. I'm just simply stating because I get my mind. I think of it the, not the way you put it. I think of it a different way. It's like, how do we know? That's well, what I'm saying. Like when Phil Helmuth comes in here and he says blanketly, "I'm the greatest of all oh, time." Well, I mean, that's, no, yeah. but I know that's different. I know yeah. that's like, come on, you fucking that. Like we can argue against that a million right. ways. I'm just saying that. How can you, how can anyone say that? Like, how do you know? Where's the computer that runs this? Oh, I I just because of how much money he wins and like yes. his EV, he gets to play in games where he can crush these other guys. You're talking about. Don't would he get have to- Would he have that plus EV if he was sitting with eight other grinders? No. That's not. all I was ever saying. Oh, when, yeah, when, of course when not. When me and uh, no. Veronica, Veronica, were, Veronica. Ar- Veronica were arguing and discussing it, that's all, or not but, arguing, but discussing it, that's what I was trying to say. Like, in his world, yes. Because I, I think a big part of being good at poker is soft skills. A, a, a huge part of it is, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And he and, has them. And some game selection. 
You, I mean, you want to play in games that are soft. Right. Yeah. But we, you have to have people willing to play with you. Right. Big and, and he's deep. figured out how to do well, that and be that good. And how you don't. can do that is by being amazing at the table and, and encouraging action and yeah. not forcing anyone, but like. Right. And know. so that all goes into it. Totally I, agree with I, you. I. Uh, and you, Vanika. So the last thing I'll say on that is the, the training sites, they teach people to play in a way that will never get them action. Mm-hmm. They'll never make good money playing poker. Like it, your partner, Lil Rip, as you call him, Ryan, <laughs> he punts it off, right? But I'll take his uh, expectation in poker over any of those guys you're talking about, those world-class uh you know, what do you mean his expectation? Because he's going to be in the sickest games. Oh, yes, yes, and, yes, yes. And yes. like he, his expectation to win. Oh, got it, got yeah. it, got it. I, so so that's the real game to me. It's got a, it. It's not, am I technically great? Sure. If you're technically great and you don't get the other stuff, you're never making money in this game. Right. You're, you're on the sidelines. You won't have the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. You're right. You agree. But Garrett's technically great and he, he he's the only one I know that technically great and gets that action. Absolutely. Varindika, uh, you have indeed. Yeah, yeah. So I want to know, like, what do you see Max Payne Monday? And for you, what do you see in two years happening for you for, and your show? For that show? So I, sh- I should and say. And yourself personally. It's not, it's not my show. Um, I wish you would look at me. I did it on it, purpose. It, it, it's, it's not. <laughs> I've, just been, I've just been given some freedom to, to run with it. But it's, it's not mine. It, it's, it's Ryan and Nick's show. It's okay. You can just admit it. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm your, the owner. It's your I mean, show. I, I own yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, it's mine. But uh, so I've just been kind of experimenting with things. And, and I think I want to really make it a reality show with recurring characters. And uh, I want to go into other industries. We, we had a guy that's big in the esports world, which I don't even know what the fuck that is, but Liquid Steve played on there last week. It's massive. It's such a huge market. Massive. I would, lo- I would love to get Ninja on there. I want to get someone from the music industry. I just want to cover, check all the boxes from other industries. I want to build the show and at the same time build poker, you know, kind of get it out to new people. That's, that's my whole goal with it. And I, I'm focused right currently on social media. Maybe that'll change, but I, I just want people with huge social media and other industries and they can play. I'll, I will sit out if someone like that wants to play. And how about for you in the next few years or however long you want to go out? What, what do you see for yourself or so, want? My, I was burnt out on poker 10 years ago. And, and that's when you see me like tilty or crabby or whatever you want to call it at the table. I've, I've been around. I don't need to play that much poker. Part of me wants to try and make a run of playing higher, which would mean I wouldn't be drinking at the table. And because you can't just be like having fun if everyone else is battling, right? Right. That's why I love the money show. No one's, ba- you battle. Okay, I hope you had fun. You're not playing again. That's just the way, but <laughs> that's, right. that's the way normal poker games are. Right. Like good ones. Yeah. So, I see, I see that show being kind of uh, a catalyst for the rest of the days of the week. And and then hopefully I get it to a point where maybe I put Raver Poker in the lineup and I will commentate that and then I'll help build a different night of the week. I, I, I love the idea of building something mm. from scratch or it's not from scratch, but uh, so in two years, I see myself hopefully still I, I'm going to be more focused as a commentator than a player. 
Uh, but maybe I'll, I'll try and make one run and and uh, you know maybe maybe challenge someone to heads up for a lot of money, open challenge, something like that. So I think it'll be more towards the the commentary and helping build the nice. show than playing. I don't really give cool. a shit about playing poker, cool. as you can tell when you see me play. Veronica, you got anything else? That was that was my that was it. That was my last was, question. Okay, well, that's our last question. So, uh, just to reiterate, thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, it was it's, really was a nice very meeting interesting you. Yeah, for show. Sure. I'm a huge fan of yours and your show. So, oh, thank uh, you it very was really much. Nice it it you. was fun. Yeah, it was a. Uh, it was cool. I'll, I'll come back whenever. And, yeah, let's do it. Let's yeah. let's do uh, DGAF two sometime. I'll sure. have my people contact it was very in, you. Uh, yeah. Informative. Uh, honestly, there's a lot of great topics that I know the people watching and listening will will definitely like. So with that said, thank you for watching. Let me just say it one more time because we don't say this enough. If you lo like this show, please hit the like button. If you're watching this fucking show, subscribe because that would be really helpful to us and it would help you help us help you. And so we appreciate it. This is the Nick Fertucci Show. I am Nick Fertucci. This is Valerie Brill and this is DGAF, Billy, and NV out. Thanks for watching.